Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. You are listening to the Trek Ranks Podcast, a member of the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network. This is episode 41, featuring the top five coolest episode titles. Welcome, Star Trek fans. I am Jim Morehouse, and I am the host of the Trek Ranks Podcast. And we probably should have just called this episode by any other name and just been done with it, because once again... Trek Ranks is digging deep into one of those off-the-wall topics that we think is going to end up being pretty essential for our Trek Ranks uh, material. And tonight, yeah, it just it couldn't be any more simple. It's what Star Trek titles do you think are cool? And choose your top five coolest, and you're ready to join our panel in breaking down our top five coolest episode titles. And to tackle a topic as cool as this one, we decided we need to get literary a little bit. So in that mind, we have three awesome Trekkies joining us tonight. They all live here in the L.A. sector, and they're all writers of some ilk. So I'm very interested to see how they will compile their list and what their prime directives are going to be to help them narrow down their picks. But we'll get to all that in a few minutes here. So first up, returning for her second go-around on Trek Ranks is Teresa Jacinio, who's the host of the Finding Felicity podcast. By the way, I love Felicity. I love Carrie Russell. And I love J.J. Abrams. <laughs> and I love Greg Grunberg. I love all those guys. So, Teresa, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back. It's great. We had you on for our time travel time episode. Travel. Yes. Yeah. Top five time travels. That's about, that's also essential Trek ranks material. All right, and also making his return to Trek ranks is Adam Hunault, who recently began publishing his uh, e-books on the true adventures of Moriarty, which is just a great idea. We love, uh, we love I mean, if you're a Star Trek fan, you love Moriarty. Come on. That, that, uh... Actually, I, I think Moriarty, I think Star Trek, I owe it all to Star Trek, because Star Trek just planted that idea at a very young age of a, of a sympathetic Moriarty. And now here I am, you know, 30 years later writing uh, the version of Sherlock Holmes where Moriarty's the good guy. I, that is fantastic. And at the very end, you know, when he goes off on his adventures, you, you're very sympathetic for Mr. Moriarty. Or, is he a mister or a doctor? He's a doctor, right? Uh, professor. Professor, yes. Okay. I, yeah, I, I know what I'm talking about. All right. So Adam was on high concept Voyager episodes episodes you grew to love which is definitely one of my all-time favorites and we brought him back for high concept enterprise episodes so he's our high concept guy so we'll see how he tackles titles today and making his trek ranks debut tonight is mr josh zeller who has been submitting so many awesome lists to us over the past year that i knew we had to get him on the show josh are you ready to roll on this topic I am so ready. <laughs> Very excited for this topic. Thank I, you so much for having me on. It's uh, it's an honor to appear on a Star Trek podcast. I love it's it. Such great. <laughs> and Josh is in the room with us because we're in we're here in uh, the, the LA sector. So he said, "I'm going to come down." So uh, so that even makes it even more fun because guess what we're going to do uh, after this? We're going to watch some Star Trek because that's what you do. I wish I was there. <laughs> you guys, you guys are jealous. Everybody's jealous. All right, Teresa, Josh, and Adam, let's run through our quick Trek Ranks recalibration before we get into tonight's show. 
As regular listeners will know, general order number one here at the Trek Ranks podcast that we love Trek and we love to rank Trek via some deep dive topics just to get the conversation started. Because quite literally, my favorite thing to do is to talk about Star Trek, and that's why this podcast even exists. But what is that Vulcan motto? Um, infinite diversity. In infinite combinations. Hmm. <laughs> and what is diversity? But a celebration of differences. And as to Paul and Dr. Fox just said, our mantra here at Trek Ranks is no wrong answers. Trek Ranks is basically just a big old celebration of differences. Our show is about all the reasons we love Star Trek. We're not here to nitpick or to argue, but just to celebrate the greatness of Trek. We love it all here from TOS to TNG and straight through to Enterprise and the Kelvin timeline and now Discovery as well. So it's all fair game here on the Trek Ranks podcast. Black alert. Black alert. And a quick reminder that Discovery Season 1 spoilers are potentially in play. (laughs) And one more reminder that we use the term episodes as a quick shorthand phrase, but the 13 films are always in play as well. So it's just easier to refer to everything as as episodes. Hailing frequencies are open. And if you would like to contact Trek Ranks, the best way to do that is to find us on Twitter, at Trek Ranks, or me, at Enterprise Extra. And you can also call and leave us a message with your own picks at 609-512-LLAP. That's 609-512-5527. You can consider any voicemail message you leave us and audition to be on the show. So we'd love to, love to hear from you. And for those of uh, you enjoying all of our shows here on the Tricorder Transmissions Network, you can support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash the Tricorder Transmissions. Let's wrap it up and check in with our guests on uh, how you can best contact them and uh, follow them socially and, and learn what they're up to. Teresa, how can people get a hold of you? Well, uh, I am all over the social medias. For me personally, it's just my name, at Teresa Jusino. That's T-E-R-E-S-A-J-U-S-I-N-O. And that's on uh, Twitter and Instagram. But also you can follow my production company, Pomanok Entertainment. Uh, Pomonok is a weird word, so I'll spell it. It's P-O-M-O-N-O-K. That's pomonokentertainment.com or Team Pomonok on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, That's fantastic. And Adam, how about you? Tell everybody about Moriarty really quick. Yeah, um, well, you can follow me on Twitter at at Adam, A-D-A-M, Uno, H-U-N-A-U-L-T. I'm also at Moriarty Stories. So yeah, you can find me either place. Uh, and as for Moriarty, I'll just plug that the second book in the series is coming out on October 19th. Awesome. Great. And Josh, how about you, man? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Madcap of Science, uh, which is also the name of my science theater company, Madcaps of Science. Anyway, so yeah, I'm at Madcap of Science on Twitter. And uh, if you want to follow me on uh, Instagram, uh, it's my name. J.M. Zeller. And uh, yeah, there's good places to find me. I do most of my like tweeting about Star Trek on, on Twitter. Uh, so Love Madcap of Science. That's a great, uh, that's a great Twitter handle. It was a good name when we came up with uh, <laughs> that particular name. Yeah, naming, names are tough and uh, interesting as well. Oh, discuss today. That is going to be our topic today. <laughs> great segue to jump into our level one diagnostic. Diagnostic cycle will be complete in 20 seconds. All right. So for this week's diagnostic cycle, 
I'm going to take a moment to relay a little bit of information for everyone. And really forever, there's always been, there's been a little bit of misinformation out there back about exactly how many Star Trek episodes there are. So here we often refer to it as 700 plus hours of Trek because it's actually not always that easy to really pin down the exact, exact number of episodes uh, that are actually out there. So the reason for this is because it really comes down to how you count the episodes. So, for instance, at Trek Ranks, you'll see there's only 176 episodes of TNG, but the common wisdom out there is that there's actually 178. And that's because anyone out there counting it as 178 is counting Encounter at Farpoint and all good things as two episodes each, even though they aired as one episode. So basically, our rule of thumb at Trek Ranks has been that if the episode aired as a two-hour episode, like Voyager's Dark Frontier did, then we count it as one episode, not two, even though it had two production numbers and two directors and two writing staffs, et cetera. So it gets, that's why it gets complicated. So yeah, you can see the difference in, in how certain episodes are listed and how different people look at them and, and how that episode count might be different from different sources. Until now, because I'm going to give you the definitive numbers on all this. We're going to, we're going to break wow. it all down. So the first number I'm going to give you is by production label. So that number is 732 total episodes of Star Trek. Of course, we're not counting the animated series. Everyone knows how I feel about that. Um, we're only counting live action Trek. So there's 732 production labels on Trek. So that means All Good Things is two episodes. For me, it's one episode. That's crazy to think of it as All Good Things Part 1, All Good Things. No, it's one. So 732 is not the number that we use. Second number I'm going to give you is the total number of hours of Star Trek. So now that's counting every hour. If you count every hour, every episode as one and every movie as two, that would be 745. So basically, you're adding the, the uh, 13 extra hours of film because you've counted the 13 films in the 732. So you're adding on another hour for each film. So it's 745. Okay, well, I'm, not, I'm not losing anybody. Everyone's following this. <laughs> All right. And now the third number. This is the one that, that I think is fun. And I thought it would be cool to just kind of break down exactly the number of episode names for Star Trek episodes that are out there. So there, again, we're not counting the animated series. There are a total of 699 Star Trek episode titles out there. So really quick, it's 79 for TOS because now I'm counting the Menagerie, even though that's clearly two episodes, but there's only one title, the Menagerie. So that's 79. TNG is 168 episode titles because you've got Gambit Part 1, Gambit Part 2, Redemption. So those are all now one. DS9 170, Voyager 160, Enterprise is 94, Discovery is 15, and the films are 13. So I just thought that was kind of a fun number just to kind of throw out there so there's some definitive dissection of the number of episodes that are out there in the Trek world. 699, and now you could say there's 700 because Josh and I just watched Runaway, the first short Trek in uh, Star Trek history. Yeah. So, so good. yeah, so, and it was pretty great. We loved it. So 
Okay, so that, that's just our quick diagnostic cycle. Sorry to kind of ramble on there, but I thought that would be interesting for people. And I kind of love the numbers and stats. That's that's my thing. And I love episode titles too. So let's jump into our prime directive and figure out how everybody cornered their list tonight. I do not concur with your captain's decision. She's following our prime directive. Define prime directive. Okay, so Teresa, let's start with you. What was your prime directive in kind of picking your coolest episode titles and breaking it all down? Because you, you had 699 to choose from. Yeah, so many. And honestly, when I first got this topic, I was like, how am I going to pick any? Like, I was like, that's a weird topic. Like, right. <laughs> like, 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 coolest title, whatever. And then it got so difficult. Like, I was not expecting it to be as hard as it was. And my, my, initial list was like really long. So uh, now I love titles. And as you mentioned, we're all kind of writers in some way, shape or form. I think the art of choosing a perfect title is, is, you know, that it is an art. Um, So right away, I kind of had to eliminate all the Shakespeare. Okay. Because I, you know, it's like you're, you're picking a Shakespeare line. It's like, he already did the work for you. So like that wasn't you being creative. I do. I am a sucker for puns. Okay. And I do like references. So while I had to get rid of the Shakespeare references, I do like references to other stuff. And if you can throw a pun in there, that's even better. But lastly, I love titles that that really get to the heart of what the episode is about. So like if you can get to exactly what it's about in as few words as possible, that's my sweet spot. Oh, I love that. Ooh. That is really cool. And I all those thoughts ran through my head on, on mine as well. So interesting note on titles. And I was I had this in the back of my head. And I'll bring it up now that it's titles are an interesting thing in, in writing. And I always was fascinated by Seinfeld, who I don't know if you guys know this or not, but when he was doing the show, he told everybody, I don't want you thinking about the title. That's a waste of time. I want you to focus on the show and not the title and the labeling of it. And I always thought that was an interesting way to look at it hmm. uh, from, from his perspective. And, and, and at the same time, his episodes do have titles. I mean, there's like the puppy shirt, stuff like that. That's, I think that became part of it like afterwards, but he was like really clear to the writers. Yeah. You're not, don't worry about the title. Just write sure. your show. Anyway, I always thought that was interesting. Meanwhile, I was going to say, like with friends, it's like the one where right, yeah, had that as their titles, which I think is is a very like specific, awesome choice on like not to have a title, yeah, but really telling you exactly what the episode is about. Agreed. That mm-hmm. Also, a very clever and uh, and obviously the one that's has stood the test of time. So, Josh, how about you? What, uh, what was your prime directive? I w- I sort of had three sort of bullet points that that I kept kind of going back to. Um, I'm really drawn to like the poetic titles that really just inform the episode in, in a sort of heightened way. I do love a good pun, especially those involving a character's name um, and titles that have multiple meanings for the episode. So that if it could refer to not just the main storyline, but the subplots and that kind of thing or work into some sort of larger themes. Those are all sort of things that I kept coming back to in, in thinking of uh, this topic. That's great. So I didn't think of the, uh, the character's name one. Although I did think about Q, but okay. Uh, I'll get to my yeah, second. Yeah, that's a whole set. I know, whole that's a whole Just a few titles. Whether anyone lists them or not. But uh, yeah, that's a whole, that could be a whole podcast. I, I love it. Adam, how about you, man? So yeah, um, just to echo a bit, a bit of what Teresa said and a bit of what Josh said, um, I focused on uh, like the meaning of it. Like how, how does it resonate with what happens in the episode? 
and then also the poetry of it. Like I was sort of trying to figure out, you know, I, I kind of picked the titles I liked and then I was trying to figure out like what actually makes them great, like what's going on in them. So you're going to hear me talking a lot about stress and on stress syllables and, mm. and alliteration and, uh, yeah. and assonance and things like that. Wow. I, so yeah, the poetry, the poetry of it, words, words, words. That's a, that's a Shakespeare reference for you, Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to learn. And for all I know, I picked the Shakespeare title. I don't even know it. That's how, that's how unliterary I am. Uh, my prime director was, it was pretty simple. First, I, I did think about maybe doing a theme of like certain title episodes, like, like all questions or all lines. It, maybe they're all lines spoken in the, in the episode because not all are, or puns yeah. or double entendres or something. But then I decided just to keep it. I kept it open to everything. And I, similar to Teresa, I, I definitely considered how the title conveys the story and how deep the meaning might be related to what, kind of what we see in the episode. But I also like the mysterious title. So it was like something really, like you had no idea. And then maybe it was revealed in the episode and you went, ah, it clicked. And I, I, that, that for me was, uh, was a big thing. But the reality is, is that I, I'm a, I love titles. I love, one of my biggest disappointments for Discovery, it's probably the only one for me, is that they don't put the titles at the start of the episode. I really wish they still did that. I love titles. That's one of my things with Trek. I love talking about them. I love, I love combining. I just, that, that's one of my favorite things. Why well, I have Trek ranks? So you can see them all listed out. Well, they don't, they don't need to put them on screen. It's right there before you click on it. <laughs> sure. I, I would echo that I, I do miss seeing them on screen just because it helps you associate the title with the episode. But yeah, you're right that, yeah, I, we see it on a menu. It's sort of a little bit different in a streaming situation, but it I, does really help. Adam, that was a very funny joke. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I just liked that it would have, it would have connected with the, with you know, the history of Trek. I think that would have been cool. Especially when we're talking about 699 titles that are out there. And Star Trek is a show, most TV shows don't really put the title on the actual content. Correct. Star Trek has always done that. So it's been an an interesting thing to sort of associate a title at all. (laughs) And a good example, not to get too into the weeds, but like I love Buffy and uh, Angel. I I don't know any of those episode titles because they they didn't show them to me, and so I, I didn't research it enough to, to find out. So, bottom line, my prime directive: I just picked the ones that I thought were the coolest, which is the title <laughs> of our episode. All right, this is going to be a great show. Third Romanicon, tell us about the order of things. I am a Jem'Hadar. He is a Vorta. It is the order of things. And just a quick reminder on how we're going to go through the order of things. First, each of us will reveal our original Trek ranks, five words, and a hashtag summary just to tease our pick. Then we'll reveal our cool episode title and why we picked it. And at the end, we'll rattle off a few secondary system selections. My list was extremely long. I say that a lot, but this time it was long. Hard to narrow down. And as always, if we have any duplicates tonight, You'll know it when you hear the Defiant Torpedoes. (laughs) This episode could definitely see some duplicates. Uh, It might not. I don't know. It could go either way, but I think we might get some duplicates. So, Teresa, let's start with you. What's your number five pick for your top five coolest episode titles? Okay. Um, 
So my hashtag for this one is I'll send an SOS to Starfleet. And uh, it's the Voyager episode message in a bottle. Love that pick. Just because it, uh, you know, the title itself, like I said, I like puns and stuff. It's, you know, obviously a reference to a thing that happens. Like, you know, you think shipwrecks, you think in in very simple words, it, it tells you exactly what the episode's about. It's they're sending this message in the hopes that Starfleet will know that they're alive and it works and it's, you know, it, it gives them that, that little bit of hope. So it's, it's like, it's, the title evokes a shipwreck story where they're, where they're sending things out. And it, I thought it was perfect. Yeah. Like, I love that you said it. it's an SOS. It's that they're, the ship's lost, right? Because mm-hmm. they're sending out. And then the message in the bottle is literally the doctor being, yes. you know, sent through uh, whatever the subspace. Uh, hanging out with Andy Dick for a while. Yeah, hanging out with yep. EMH too. We love it. It's a fantastic episode. Uh, Josh or Adam, what's your thoughts on that one? I think it's amazing that uh, we're doing best titles and the first one out of the gate is a Voyager episode. <laughs> <laughs> now you say that, so that's funny because that's another point I was going to hit on this. I, I wish I could find this so I could tweet it. There's this meme out there where they have what the TNG episode titles would have been if the Voyager writers had 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 done them because yeah. Voyager's <laughs> titles are very unique. They're all very like one word kind of action or emphasis i'm sure someone will i'm sure you guys will talk about it but very interesting style compared to original series or tng mm-hmm. and uh that was funny adam josh any thoughts on message i think it's great it's a great title it's a great episode yes i i love that yeah it, it it also plays into plot points it it goes into voyager's whole ship out in the middle of nowhere deserted robinson crusoe aspect great uh beginning to this uh, topic and uh say what you want about andy dick i love them as the image too love them <laughs> it was hilarious all right josh what's your uh, number five pick my five words are apollo's kind of a jerk hashtag big hand in space my number five pick is who mourns for auto nice tos oh. yeah i love the idea reference to greek mythology it is meaningful has a poetry to it that you have to think about the title a bit in relation to the episode great it's uh, it's great as a kid i always thought who, who's adonai i don't know who's and i always thought it was adonis i don't great. know how to, how to say i think it, it actually is adonis isn't it it's the way no it's no, adonai i actually learned this from another star trek podcast uh mission log yes uh where they they kind of confirmed that it yeah it's in reference to the hebrew word adonai which is uh, god and um so yeah who mourns for our gods i I always just thought it was the way that like john it was like an old-fashioned spelling that john keats used to to uh i like that too (laughs) but uh uh, i love this episode and i love that pick (laughs) it could come up again we shall see uh teresa or adam any other comments on uh who mourns for Adonai? Um, just, I remember hearing when I went to the Smithsonian in 1991 that this was DeForest Kelly's favorite episode. Yes, that mm-hmm. is a, that is well known. Love it. All right, Adam, what's your uh, what's your number five pick? Okay, so my five words are: Wait, are we the devil? Uh, hashtag is Silicon Nodules. It's Star Trek TOS season one, episode 26. The Devil in the Dark. So, okay. This uh, this title has just got so much going on in it. First of all, the alliteration. Yep. Uh, devil Dark with the Ds. 
Second is just like the way that it just trips off your tongue with the, it's got six syllables, stresses on the first one, or is on, sorry, the second one, and then on the last one. And then it just like flows out uh, after, like in between those two, like the silky word devil and then the hard word dark, bringing it up short at the end. Um, I just love this because it's like a hundred percent pulp novel B movie, like a lot of the Star Trek TOS titles are. This one was named by Gene Kuhn, who had a lot of influence in uh, naming the episodes, and he seemed to go for those sort of heightened titles. But it's also ironic because you know it's, it starts out with like this X Files opening where you see the the Horta monster, you know, R.I.P. Schmitter. <laughs> yeah, like Schmitter gets eaten. You get the gruff mine owner like oh, Schmitter burned to a crisp. And then, you know, they play the theme and they put the devil in the dark on the screen. And you're like, ah, I know exactly what that's referring to. I just saw the devil in the dark. And then you watch the episode and it kind of dawns on you as you get towards the end at some point. Wait a second. That's not the devil. We're the devil in the dark. (laughs) We're the ones who are, you know, destroying its its children. Uh, This pick is great. This was on my secondary systems. This is the number one episode for TOS at Trek Ranks. And I wasn't even aware. No, it's my favorite episode. I, I love it. I, what do you think of having the word the to, to open it instead of devil in the dark versus the devil in the dark? Just curious. It, it gives it kind of a strange like stutter step to open it. I think right. if it were devil in the dark, I think that's more of a modern title and that's what you would call it yeah. if you were like writing it today. But if you're, yeah, right. if you're picturing like a lurid, like colorful uh, pulp novel cover or like a movie poster from a fifties B movie, I think the devil in the dark is, is definitely the way to go. That's the exact answer I was looking for. Cause that's what I've always thought. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it's funny because in a modern, you would, in a modern telling of it, you would just be say devil in the dark. Yeah. You wouldn't mm-hmm. end it up. But it's, that's so TOS. Josh, Teresa, any thoughts on this one? It's a great pick. It's it's a great pick. It's just such a great episode. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the double meaning and we are the monsters, uh, which is a great theme that sometimes runs through. Teresa, how, how about you? No, I'm. I, I mean, it's a great pick. I have no other thoughts to add that haven't already been said. <laughs> okay, awesome. So my number five pick. I'm going big straight off. My five words and a hashtag. Come to those who wait. Hashtag three words, all good things. It, of course, is TNG season seven finale. It's number six at Trek Ranks. And for me, this is it's the perfect episode. It's the perfect title. It's the perfect ending to a series. We, I mean, we all know how great that felt when you see Jean-Luc sitting there at the card table, finally with his crew and they're moving forward. And I love the thing that all good things have has come to the crew, has come to them, and they're just continuing on. That's one of the great things about that. One of the best finales in TV history that they're just uh, they're just moving forward, and it's not the end of them. It's the end of the show, and I love that. And I love that we're going to get some more Picard now that's been announced. So all good things written by Ronald D. Moore and Brandon Braga, all time classic. I could not keep it off my list. Uh, here, here. <laughs> yes. So, okay. So, what, I love how we're all like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that always bugs me in the episode is when uh, somebody in the episode actually says the name of the episode. It's, it always kind of takes me out of it. But Q does it in this episode and it works perfectly because, like, he's 
omniscient, omnipotent. Like it makes sense that he would know the episode name. It's funny you say that because I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping tabs of that on my picks at least, and that's the first one. I actually, I usually, I, well, it depends on how how well it's done. But there's a, a couple of mine are coming up. I love the way they do it, so it's uh, it's still part of it. The anomaly has nearly collapsed. We're losing containment. Goodbye, Jean Luc. I'm going to miss you. You had such potential, but then again, all good things must come to an end. Containment field is critical. I'm losing it. Okay, let's move to round four. Teresa, what's your number four cool Star Trek title? Um, well, before I do that, I just realized that I didn't complete my Trek Ranks homework. And I'm very <laughs> sorry about that um, because I realized I didn't do the five words along with my hashtag. So I just wrote them all right now. We didn't even notice. No one's going to notice. Just do your thing. <laughs> well, you're going to know fine. right now because I, I just, this is, this is improv here. Okay. I love it. All right. <laughs> I just want to go back and do message in a bottle real quick. The five words are, I thought I was special. Nice. <laughs> oh, I love it. And so now my number four pick, the five words are, think you know a guy. Hashtag, who even are you? And the pick is Deep Space Nine, who mourns for Morn. Oh, I love that. That was on my secondary system that I was going to bring it up <laughs> later because we had who mourns. Uh, for Adonai. Adonai. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's a fantastic pick. Uh, tell us why you picked it. Yeah, I uh, well, I picked it first of all because I love pun titles and who mourns for Morn. <laughs> but also because it's a callback to, you know, who mourns for Adonais. Um, so it's like a reference of a reference of a reference, which I'm like, okay. And who mourns for Morn? Answer, everyone, because he was so cool. And I just love that the whole episode is basically learning that he has this life that you're like, what? So yeah, I just, I, I love the title. I love the episode. Yeah. I remember when this came out and thinking, I oh, just, this is, it's so brilliant. It's such a great, yeah, it's a pun, but it's also just, it's a tribute too. And I, I love it. Such an awesome episode. It's on my secondary systems too, because I really think that this is the one where the title is a pun. And I feel like that pun dictated what they did in the entire episode. Their entire episode is just to justify that pun. Like I'm sure, I'm sure that they said, we're going to do an episode about more. What are we going to call it? Who mourns for more? Okay. What happens? And not the other way around. Totally. Like I, I, there's no way that they were like, well, we're going to have this episode where Morn's dead and, and you know, these people show up and he robbed a bank. What are we going to call it? Um, who mourns for Morn? No way it went in that order. I mean, you can see Iris Stephen Bear in the room and them saying, we're doing an episode about Morn. And then the next thought was, that's that's going to be the title. And, oh, so Morn dies. Let's tell the story. It's So you're so right, Adam. Genius. Fantastic pick. Josh, what, uh, what's your number four pick? Number four pick. Five words, whisper your way to success. Hashtag in Nog we trust. My number four pick is Treachery, Faith, and the Great River, Deep Space Nine. Of course. Another such a Yeah, the poetic title. And something that really struck me when I watched this episode in preparation for this podcast is that that title reverberates through literally every single scene in the in the episode. It doesn't matter what storyline we're in, all these themes keep coming into play, whether it's the Odo and the Odo storyline or whether it's the Nod storyline. Everything just keeps coming back to those three ideas and how they keep sort of getting morphed through um, 
through the episode. It's it's I think it's a great, great poetic title. No, it's genius. It's a I mean, it's an episode that comes up a lot on Trek Ranks because it is super I didn't realize how popular it was, but it is so well respected. And you're right, that episode that title for all the different disparate stories that are going on it touches on all of them in such a brilliant way uh what any any thoughts on it uh teresa i again like it's it's a really uh amazing episode i mean i love anything with that's focused on odo yeah so good adam how about you uh this episode is it's so good it's it's like heart jerking in some scenes and then others it's so funny i just watched it a couple of weeks ago and there's this line that had me like i I had to pause it because i was laughing so hard uh where um where o'brien says to nog don't do anything i wouldn't do and nog says chief i can't work with these kind of constraints (laughs) that's such a good moment that's that's such a good moment so good so good all right ds9 representing so far in round four adam what's your pick okay well my five words are only love money can buy. Uh, hashtag close that door. It's uh, Star Trek TOS season two, episode 13. The trouble with tribbles. Fantastic. There's a funny story that goes into the title of this episode. And that is that for the first couple of treatments, and I think maybe even the first draft, the tribbles weren't called tribbles. They were called fuzzies. And uh, the name that David Gerald had for the story was A Fuzzy Thing Happened, which Teresa will love because it's a pun. Yep. Yep. And it is only because there was another sci-fi novel that had fuzzy creatures in it that were called fuzzies and Desilu was afraid they were going to get sued that they made David Gerald change it. And he changed it to Tribbles. At first, he wanted to call it, you think you got Tribbles? But... uh, But Gene Kuhn didn't like that, so uh, it got changed. I don't know. I could not find a source, but I couldn't find out if it was by David Gerald or Gene Kuhn, but it got changed to The Trouble with Tribbles. So poetically, uh, this is just fun to say because, you know, Trouble, Tribbles, we've got the alliteration going on again with the T's. It's also yep. just got, it's got consonants. It's just a mouthful of consonants. Uh, I counted. There are... Uh, six syllables in the trouble with tribbles, 11 distinct consonant sounds. You've got consonants that you use your palate, your tongue, your teeth, your your uh, lips to say, and they're all mixed up together. And there's a theory that apart from their meaning, words just seem funnier when you get a lot of juxtaposed, unexpected sounds at the same time. The less likely sounds are to occur together, the more funny the word seems. So the trouble with tribbles just seems funny. And I do kind of wonder if part of the reason for the popularity of this episode, which it is considered to be the Star Trek comedy episode, uh, is really just because of the title. Because is it actually more funny than a piece of the action or I mud? You know, maybe not. Yeah. It is according to me on top five comedy episodes <laughs> on Trek ranks. So. <laughs> I just, I wonder if we would all think that it was as good as we think it is today, if it were called a fuzzy thing yeah, the, the yeah that that question will come up again on one of my picks, but that is great. I didn't know that about the legal reasons for changing it. I knew about the uh, fuzzy thing happened being the first working title. So I was going to say that because this is one of my secondary choices as well. Um, and I think I mentioned that the last time I was on this podcast that uh, the Trouble with Tribbles was the first Star Trek episode I remember watching, and that 
you know, the fact that I was a kid, like it's a very, like, it sounds like a children's book title. Um, like the trouble with tribbles, I expect to be reading a picture book. Um, and I think that's part of the appeal of the episode too. And I feel like a lot of, of kids who started watching Trek saw that title and were like, Oh, you know, or maybe it was just me. I no, I totally agree. I think that makes perfect sense. I mean, it is a great title and it does sell the story. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, let's close out round four. My five words and a hashtag. Universal law is for lackeys. Hashtag four words. Context is for kings. It is Discovery Season 1, Episode 3. My favorite Discovery episode as well. Number one at Trek Ranks. I love this episode. The title's super alluring. It's interesting. And I love the moment when... Gabriel Lorca reveals some of the mysteries that have kind of been set up in this episode in the Broadway. There's no answers, but you're kind of getting understanding now what the score jump is and he's showing Burnham all these different worlds. And when he says universal laws for lackeys, context is for Kings. It just, uh, it's just such a home run for me to sell that episode. I did choose you, but not for the reasons you think. Your assumption that the Klingons were waiting in ambush at the binary stars was predictive. Chose to do the right thing over and above what was sanctioned. Even a great cost to yourself. And that is the kind of thinking that wins wars. The kind of thinking I need next to me. Universal laws for lackeys. Context is for kings. And I love that the episode title also had this kind of harken back to the first season of TOS and the conscience of the king with the alliteration there. Pretty, I mean, pretty damn, that's a pretty good, damn good title too. Although not on Teresa's list because it is Shakespeare. <laughs> but uh, for me, that's just a really cool episode, really cool title. And I didn't, I don't want to be stuck in the moment because there's 699 <laughs> titles as we've talked about. But I just love that one. It could not keep it off my list. And I, I think it's a fantastic episode of Star Trek. Anybody want to chime in on context is for Kings? Uh, I mean, I think I said this on the um, on the episodes I grew to love episode, but I find this idea really interesting. Star Trek, going back to the Corbinite Maneuver, is always saying that morality is fixed. It's black and white. You know, you always do what is right, regardless of the context. But that does kind of seem like it's something that's been sort of grafted onto Star Trek because later on in Next Gen with the Klingons and in Deep Space Nine with the Ferengi, they're constantly doing these moral relativism episodes. And I thought it was fascinating to confront that. Yeah, I agree. They also did some of those in TOS too. So it's not like, <laughs> like TOS never did. Uh, any other thoughts, Josh, Teresa? It's a great title. Yeah, I like the, the moral gray areas, which is also just it goes to a core of what um, Discovery has been about so far. And nothing is quite as it seems at first. Context is for kings. And then once we learn, we in, in the audience become those kings by learning more and more and seeing the larger picture coming into play. It, it, it's a great title for a great episode. Yeah, even though it was a, uh, you know, <laughs> it was not on my list. Um, it is one of my favorite episodes of Discovery. And uh, especially because it's the one where where Tilly reveals that she is going to be a captain one day. And I'm right. mm -hmm. so <laughs> I am all about it. And then, of course, you know, later we see um, that there is a Captain Killy out there somewhere, which is amazing. And I want to see her. But uh, 
yeah, it was pretty awesome. It's for me, it's the title they kept giving because every episode that kind of went through it opened up a little bit more of that context. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, love it. I think it's brilliant. Okay, let's jump into the soup round, round three. Teresa, what's your number three pick? Three pick. Uh, my five words are Riker and Troy do research. Hashtag flash forward to flashback. It's the Enterprise episode, the last episode of Enterprise. These are the voyages. Cool. <laughs> and I kind of picked it for the same reason that I think, oh, shoot, now I can't remember which of you picked. Um, oh, All Good Things. All Good Things. Yeah, it was uh, me. Yep. Yeah. Um, kind of for the same reasons in that, like, these are the voyages. I thought it was, it was cool. Uh, like, it's, it's a great way to end Enterprise because, you know, Enterprise is a prequel series and they're setting things up for the Star Trek adventure that, you know, is going to happen afterwards, starting with the, you know, famous words from the, uh, you know, beginning of every Star Trek episode. And I thought it was a, a cool reference to, well, not the title wasn't a cool reference, but the fact that they use, um, Riker and Troy kind of doing research on the final uh, mission of Enterprise, you know, to, in order to convey that was really cool. So, um, yeah, these are the voyages. I, I love that pick. I, I love anytime someone picks these are the voyages because I always defend that episode. Sure, it's not a great finale, but it's not, it's not a. <laughs> I like the idea of it. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's not a terrible episode. And actually, it's not a bad Star Trek finale. I get that it's a bad Enterprise finale. But anyway, Josh, Adam, any thoughts? Uh, I think you put your finger on it a little bit that it is kind of a great idea after, you know, a lot of us had tuned in every week since 1987 through to 2005 and to have a finale for not just enterprise but for that entire period of time was sort of a good idea it didn't like clearly when you have no money to make that finale it doesn't necessarily turn out so great when you have to make it almost completely on standing sets but you know that's uh that's the way it goes it's a great title for all the reasons people have said um yeah i i I, yeah it definitely is is it's the prequel idea of enterprise so it's like yeah, yeah you know these are the voyages is immediately leads you to like oh and then they go off and yeah, lead a, into the star trek we eventually started back with in 1966 yeah, i've always liked that it's kind of a bookend for uh where no one has gone before mm-hmm. no man has gone before titles as well both first yeah. season episodes of tos and tng so yeah. i love that pick for the right. record, I still do not believe that uh, Trip is dead. I do hashtag I, I, Trip's not dead. That's fair. <laughs> the, the books I are, refuse to believe in that, that aspect. The books are canon. I love <laughs> it. That's a that's a great thing. All right, Josh, what's your super round pick? My super round pick: five words. Surprise in the mud bath. Hashtag mourns a playa. It's a repeat, folks. <laughs> Who mourns for mourn? That's awesome. And you had who more. Yeah, I, uh, I uh, partially picked this because it was a good sort of callback to an earlier pick. But for other words, it's just such a great title, obviously. I mean, yeah, however it came about, whether they had the episode idea or the title first, just such a great evocative title. Uh, I can clearly see them sitting around the writer's room and they're just like, well, we have this one. It's called Who Mourns for More? And they probably just high-fived each other, <laughs> called it lunch and figured out the whole song. <laughs> the next day, it was, it's so good of a title. It's just a delightful episode um, between the Mexican standoff at the end and just all the fun scenes of Quark really trying to learn, uh, really finally learning what Warren is all about uh, after all those years. Uh, I think it's a delightful episode. 
it's uh, it's such a great pick. Any other anybody have any other thoughts on uh, who mourns for mourn? I think we've said it all. <laughs> all right, we have. I mean, we're 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 not even halfway. We're halfway through the third round, and we have three mourns. So, uh, or actually, I guess, uh, yeah, three mourns because it's who mourns. Who no, it's five mourns. <laughs> who mourns for Adonai? Who mourns for mourn? Who mourns for mourn? Yes, that's five mourns <laughs> thus far. I told you I like to keep stats. Okay, let's move to Adam. What a mournful episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's keep rolling. Adam, what's your number three pick? Okay, well, my number three pick, uh, it's super round, so I decided to pick one that has a large bowl of, large bat of soup in it, although it does get vaporized. My five words are enterprises of pitch and moment, uh, hashtag original Klingon. It is Star Trek VI, the undiscovered country. All right. I guessed that on your description. That's fantastic. So, okay. So I had to have a Shakespeare title. I love the Shakespeare titles. Every single one of the Shakespeare titles is on my secondary systems. Uh, and uh, It's okay. I don't know. I just love them. So I thought this, I think this title is really interesting. Um, so I had to have a Shakespeare title on the list. So I like to compare this to the other TOS episode titles because you've got things like Wrath of Khan, which is very B-movie, and uh, the motion picture, which is strangely literal. (laughs) But this one has sort of like a gravitas to it that the other ones don't have. Uh, It just sounds grand and epic. And you can tell it's, uh, you know, Nicholas Meyer, really highbrow guy. I love what he does with Sherlock Holmes. I love what he does with Star Trek. I love that he treats them so... uh, like there's something serious that deserves, you know, that deserves serious thought. So here he's quoting Shakespeare. Uh, I think uh, it's kind of the perfect title because uh, this it's from the to be or not to be speech in Hamlet. I offer a toast. The undiscovered country. The future. The undiscovered country. Hamlet, act three, scene one. The second half of that speech is really about, you know, being afraid to act. And it's about how people are always accepting things that are terrible and that they hate because they're afraid to act and they're afraid of what the future will hold. And they're afraid that it could even be worse than it is. And I think that's such a great, uh, you know, clearly there are some people in the movie who feel that way about the future of peace with the Klingons. But it really just speaks to Star Trek's message about confronting the unknown and the fact that nothing is unknown, only temporarily unknown. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. You know, how we have to face the unknown and how we have to optimistically believe that it will be better after that. And I think in a way, um, you know, people say, oh, it's but it's about death, not the future. In a way, it kind of is about death. Uh, The movie is kind of about death because it's about the death of Star Trek TOS. And it's about you know, leaving that behind and facing a future, facing an afterlife where, uh, you know, Star Trek is going to continue to exist as TNG, as the other shows, but where this thing that we've all, always known is going to be gone and behind us and it's never going to be the same again. So I just feel like the title just perfectly encapsulates what the movie's all about. Now you're going to make me cry and also I need to watch this again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
can't add anything to that. That is a perfect breakdown. And well said, Teresa. And yeah, it is about it's about the future as much as it is about death. That's yeah. that's great. Josh, any thoughts? Um, kind of. It's all been said. It's a great. It's, it's definitely on my secondary systems uh, as well. Yeah, it's a great title and and. Um, that's the end of TLS. Yeah, I mean, while it's sad, it also becomes hopeful. And even, you know, even as they ride off into the sunset and Kirk has that beautiful final captain's log, I mean, it's also, it's sad, but hopeful. I guess this is goodbye. But, you know, at the same time, they're just like onward to the next adventure. And I think that has a beauty uh, to it as well. They're going to literally the undiscovered country by flying off into the distance. Another uh, undiscovered country, another popular Trek ranks staple for sure. And just that the last moment also where he where he changes it from where no man has gone before to where no one has gone before. Yes. That's the very last line of Star Trek. Yes, yeah. is just amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's a final acceptance. Yeah. It's like before we go, I got to get this right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, one people, one. Okay. Yeah. It's Kirk's final evolution. He started the film, you know, and really to go back to TOS as being, you know, someone who hated the Klingons and da, 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 you know, to suddenly finally accepting that it isn't just about him and his crew, but it's about so many other people, however that gets defined. I mean, it's just such a great, it goes yeah. back to Idik and all that, those things yeah. in such a great way. And one thing I, know, I love about this that frequently gets overlooked, I think, about the movie is that, you know, Kirk does start out the movie hating the Klingons. But he's saying at the very beginning of the movie, he's saying, how does history get past people like me? Like he knows, he intellectually knows how wrong it is. But the movie's just about his his journey to to feeling it. And that's I mean, to me, that that uh, overrides any concern about, you know, oh, he's not a perfect Star Trek person in the future. Like he knows. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great title. So yeah. awesome job. Yeah. It's a great title. All right, let's close out round three. And before I do my pick, I'll say so far we've had every Trek incarnation or series pick. We haven't had the Kelvin timeline. I don't expect them to be picked today, but every TV series has been picked and the TOS film. So that's pretty cool. And we're not even through round three. Okay, my five words and a hashtag. Famed alien finally gets spotlight. Hashtag three words. The Andorian Incident from Enterprise Season 1, Episode 6. And it's my number six. That's what the top ten for me at Trek Ranks. I, this title is awesome. It, it really hits me in the feels when I think about it. And I remember when I first heard it or, or read about it or saw it come up on the screen. I love that it's a callback all the way to the third season of TOS and the Enterprise Incident. And I just, I love the mystery of it, of what it portends. It's like, it's an incident and it's about the Andorian. What could it be? It's just like this whole canvas is open before you. The Andorian incident is about to be told to you. I love that kind of grandiose uh, platform that the, that the title stands on. It's a great, great episode. And for me, it kind of sets up all of the enterprise for, the, for their four-year run. And yeah, I love that uh, Rick Berman and, and Brandon Braga uh, story. Uh, anybody have a thought on the Andorian incident? I mean, I just love that Enterprise even brought the Andorians that much to the forefront. Like right. the fact that there's an Andorian anything is really cool, um, especially since they were like partially responsible for the foundation of the Federation. Like, mm. yeah. So uh, the fact that there is there's an Andorian anything was pretty cool. And I'm, I'm glad you picked this episode because 
it's one of the great gifts of Enterprise is that they really showed us Andoria and their role in all of this. Adam, any thoughts? Uh, it's Andor. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. That's my only thought. <laughs> all right, Josh, how about you, man? No, it's a great. It is a great uh, title. Uh, I, I was also thinking the same thing about the Enterprise incident, and. Um, yeah, and it was also just a, sim- a signal to us as fans that it's like, yeah, they are going there. This was really one of the early times where they finally, we meet the aliens we will eventually get to know a little better. I'd even say Andorians were um, given a short shrift up until Enterprise. We didn't For really sure. know anything about them. Sure. We saw two Andorians total in TNG. Uh, one of them was in the deep background of, of Captain's Holiday, and one of them was uh, really a holographic image. And yeah. the they uh, had just an amazing storyline for the entire uh, series, and it does, uh, yeah, it's a great title to kick off their whole storyline, which then that episode laid the groundwork for things that they were able to pick up years and years later. Yep. Uh, Shran deserves his own show. <laughs> so, he sure does. I actually always sort of wished that there was like maybe a, an arc on Enterprise where Archer was missing and they gave Shran command of Enterprise. I would have loved to see him and, and to Paul working together. That would have been amazing. Okay, let's jump to round two. Teresa, what's your number two pick for top five coolest episode titles? All right. My top, my, my number two pick, uh, five words are best couple ever, fight me. Hashtag swipe right with a bat left. And it's the TNG episode looking for Parmach in all the wrong places. <laughs> so great. Um, I love this episode. I mean, clearly... Cyrano de Bergerac, but more importantly, it's the beginning of the best love story on Trek, in my opinion. I don't care what anyone says. Um, second, maybe only to um, Kirk and Edith Wheeler, but um, I love Worf and Dax so much, um, and the fact that this whole rigmarole of Worf being in love with this other Klingon woman is the kind of catalyst for that. Um, but as far as the title, I mean, obviously, it's a reference to a song title. So you've got the pun stuff in there. And the fact that it's really indicative of what the episode is about. It's uh, And you see Dax kind of feeling this, that like, Worf is pining for this other woman. And Dax is like, um, hello, I'm like, your perfect woman right here. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so yeah, looking for Parmach in all the wrong places, but eventually he finds it. And so everything's okay. I can't believe I didn't think of this one. It's such a great yeah. title, and obviously a, an awesome pun. Yeah. And we get some Klingon in it, so that's fantastic, yeah. Josh. This, this one's on my secondary systems for sure. Uh, yeah, it's such a great episode. It's it's it gives us so much more depth into Worf, and and yeah, to kick off that whole storyline with Worf and Dax, and and yeah, it's just it's a it's a great episode, and and I do love how that title comes into play and is and then re-examined through the whole episode. So, great choice. Great, so great choice. Adam, any quick thoughts? This was on my secondary systems with a whole mess of Deep Space Nine episodes. And uh, Teresa, I agree with everything you said right up until you said second to Kirk and Eden because no, Worf and Dax are the best. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and I said, oh, P.S. I know I, I think I just said uh, that it was a TNG episode and that I was looking at TNG on my page. 
I apologize for that. Oh, I didn't even notice that. So obviously, Deep Space Nine, everyone everyone knows that. We know it's Deep Space Nine, y'all. <laughs> um, but uh, whatchamacallit. Yeah, I honestly, I only said that because I was afraid someone was going to get mad at me. But you know what? Thank you for giving me the courage to be like, no, Worf and Dax are, Dax are indeed the best. Like, <laughs> No, they, they clearly are. I don't need to defend myself to anyone. It's such a no-brainer for them to become a couple. It was just such a, I mean, they'd set it up so well with her whole Klingon background in earlier episodes, like Blood Oath. And yeah, it's just, it's a great episode, a great couple, you know, it's, uh, yeah, so good. <laughs> and they, they almost kiss in uh, in Sons of Moog, and it seems like they're do, they're setting up this whole, like, will you won't, will they won't they, Mulder Scully, yes. And then no, they just they just went right for it. Just go for it. Yeah, <laughs> superb. Yeah. All right, Josh, what's your uh, round two pick? Number two, my five words are granddaddy of poetic titles. Hashtag Bones's piece of the action. <laughs> my number two pick is for the world is hollow and I have touched the sky. Fantastic. Which I is, love that pick. I mean, the, the title alone is so, yeah, it's, it's used in dialogue and, you know, but it's just so good. Like, it's hard to tell whether they had the title first or um, put it into dialogue and then couldn't come up with a title. And it's a great episode that um, I feel like is kind of underappreciated. It's um, got a lot of really great acting moments and a lot of great writing that's really heightened. I mean, it's almost a, a stage play. I mean, it does feel very Shakespearean, especially when the old man comes out and gives us the, 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 yeah. the title. I mean, it's like this Shakespearean moment and also reminds me of like Logan's Run, meeting the Peter Ustinov old crazy wild man. I mean, just like, it's got just such a great epic thing. And to see Bones finally uh, get his own episode yeah. after three years of the show, so who, uh, it's great. So who would have ever thought we'd get a Bones love story? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's awesome. I love this. I love Natira. I love uh, Yanada, the, the planet, yeah. the whole story, the theme. <laughs> There's a there's awesome '60s production value in that mm-hmm. episode. It's yeah, the production design of both the you know the planet set and then yeah. when they go into the actual corridors of the asteroid. It, yeah, it's great. They really were able to accomplish a lot on a shoestring budget, and it's one of those uh, just um, yeah underappreciated third season episodes. Totally season three gets this sort of short shrift, I think, and there's some gold ones in there. Um, yeah. That uh, get under get sort of looked past because you're just like oh whatever Spock's brain and they just fucking stop or whatever. But I, I think it's a great episode. Any uh, any thoughts on this one, uh, Teresa or Adam? Well, I'm just going to jump in and say that my number two pick is also for the world is hollow and I have touched the sky. Since I'm going next. All right, then uh, yeah, let's hear your five words and hashtag. Yeah, hashtag xenopolycythemia and uh, the five words are your cover story rings hollow. so yeah i mean this is a this is a great title it is the it spent uh 49 years as the longest star trek title until it was unseated last year by uh the the butcher knife cares not for the lamb's cry correct yeah Mm -hmm. i wonder if you're gonna get that whole title out yeah it had three lines (laughs) on the uh text yeah. when they show the title which is just so so good and there's a reason why it sounds so poetic josh it is in fact a full line of iambic pentameter mm. and uh, iambic pentameter was the uh in english poetry it was considered to be the most noble of meters uh because it echoes the sound of the human heart it goes ba-bum 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 
And it's something that Star Trek played with at least once because the Romulans in uh, Battles of Terror speak in Iamic Contaminator too, to give them sort of a noble, uh, maybe Julius Caesar, Anthony, and Cleopatra quality. That's an amazing observation. By the way. <laughs> I was going to make a joke. Wow. There. Hey, Adam, that's uh, that's court martial. No, yeah, I... So the episode with the ba bum ba bum ba bum. Ah, yes, you got the wrong episode. Wow, that, I, uh, wow. we have to we have to turn that off with that little microphone. <laughs> So uh, the other thing I love about this title is uh, like the devil in the dark, it is so B movie, but at the same time, I don't know how it managed to do this, but in addition to being B movie, it's also kind of psychedelic. You know, it sounds like it could be like the name of a, of like a, a lyric from a Beatles song with some sitar music in the background reinforced possibly by the way that everyone dresses. It's so psychedelic. Mm-hmm. It's so psychedelic. Yeah. But so yeah. well done. I, I love it. Teresa, do you have any thoughts on this one? No, I, I was just going to say, like, everything kind of sounds like you could be on LSD in a hippie in the 60s. So <laughs> it's like, it's just going to have that vibe. That's uh, perfect. All right. Let's uh, let's close out round two with my number two pick. Five words and a hashtag. Titular mystery shrouds finest hour. Hashtag seven words. The City on the Edge of Forever. And it is TOS Season 1, Episode 28, Number 7 at Trek Ranks. I feel like a little bit like maybe I'm wasting this pick because this one's so legendary and so well-known, but I could not keep it off my list. It's such an amazing episode by itself, but the title is just massive. It's just huge. And it totally sounds like it's straight out of kind of 50s era science fiction, which I am a fan of. And it does, you kind of did say this before, Adam, you were bringing it up. It it makes you wonder how does the title help impact what you see on the screen? Like, because if this had a Voyager title, it would be called the Time Portal, right? Or something like that. Just just Portal. Just Portal. Especially, right? Let's be honest. It would be just Portal. And does that, you know, this it's this title is so majestic. It, I, I'm, it's curious that would this episode be remembered in the same way with a more ordinary title? Because this is not an ordinary title. So, uh, curious what you guys think of this pick. Uh, well, I'll jump in. I think uh, that this title actually accomplishes something pretty incredible, which is, you know, uh, famously this episode was a bit overwritten and written not to its budget. And there's a moment in this episode when uh, they beam down to the city where the guardian of forever is. And Kirk goes, these runes stretch to the horizon. And then you never see anything. <laughs> so, I don't know what you're talking about. He was looking the other way. So the, the title kind of evokes this like this gigantic city. And you feel like you saw it because it's right there in the title of the episode. But it's also a bit like the devil in the dark where you sort of realize you know, halfway through that we're the devil and the devil in the dark, because halfway through this, you sort of realize the city on the edge of forever is not the city where the guardian of forever is. It's New York. Yeah. Well said. Any other yeah. comments? Oh, it's just such a good, it's a great title. Definitely. It was on my secondary systems and uh, yeah, yeah I tried to find room for it. it, it it's, it's a great one. Just the poetry of it. And it gives you a heightened yeah. sense of, um, it just really heightens the episode. I, I, I agree that, yeah, we're just named Portal. Yeah. Uh, probably <laughs> wouldn't be as as memorable. But, uh, but yeah, just to think of, like, what could that be? Like, a good, a good title entices the viewer without even any knowledge of what the episode or movie or book or whatever is going to be. And you just, an evocative title is just a great, 
and without spoiling too. Yeah, which yeah. is kind of I'll, I'll just segue into this a little bit. Off, we'll see if anybody has a, any Q picks. But whenever the the Q titles were a spoiler to me, I don't. So it's like, oh, so Q is going to show. We up. already basically know what we're going to yeah, get. Yeah, so yeah. it was very hard for them to get a really good Q title. <laughs> to be honest, like you know, yeah, there was. A, I have one on a, on a secondary system. Yeah, there was but, a few. Um, Okay, yeah. one uh, one of the one that was not was Q Who, which is like all time great episode, but it's like it's yeah, it doesn't tell you anything about the episode. It's just like, <laughs> what is that? I don't right. Uh, maybe really... I'll skip this episode. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, we don't talk about that. On track, right? So let's go to round one and close this out with these awesome top titles. Teresa, what's your number one pick? All right, uh, my number one pick is also my number one pick as far as certainly as far as uh, TNG episodes, but maybe even for Trek as a whole. My five words are Picard learns a new language. Mm. Hashtag Juliet on the balcony. Love it. And it's Darmok. So great. Darmok. It's it's one word. It's but it it encompasses so much about the episode. And the fact that it's a word that, and I think Jim, you might have said something similar to this about one of your other picks, but like the fact that it's a mysterious word is kind of a sum up of what the episode is about. Like nobody knows what Darmok means, and the entire episode is them trying to figure out what Darmok means and 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 how it plays into Picard's situation. And I, I'm also a sucker for for invented languages, yeah. and so this whole episode is just about the importance of language and mm. the context that you need to understand a culture's language. And um, so having Darmok be the title is just perfection. And it's one word and it gets to the heart of everything. Yeah, I love that. I One thing I always remember from this is I, when I remember watching it when they start, first started and then they peamed down or something, I remember thinking, oh, okay, so Darmok is this guy's name. But then you, then you realize, no, this guy's name is Dathan. What, what the heck is Darmok? <laughs> I, I, I love that mystery of that. Uh, Josh, Adam? Yeah. It's just such a great episode. It, you know, just the power of storytelling, this power of language. It's just so, it, 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 yeah, the interesting sounds of just that one mysterious word. Um, and I love when I watch the episode to just see how they unfurl the amount of knowledge that we're getting, the different phrases that the um, children of Tama are telling us. And then they gain each phrase. We, the more the episode goes, we just learn more and more about each of these little things that we to the point where at the end of the episode, you along with Picard can 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 speak in their uh, metaphorical language. You know, Shaka, when the walls fell, and so on. It's such a great, it's a great title. And what else could you call that episode? There, there <laughs> is no other title that you could possibly give that episode. Yeah. That would be impactful. Yeah. Even Voyager would have called it Darmok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not Children of Tama? No. Okay. <laughs> Speechless me. <laughs> so this... Uh, you know, when I have to say what my favorite episode of Star Trek is altogether, I always say Darmok. You know, there are others like The City on the Edge of mm-hmm. Forever, which are great. But this one is great while also just being a typical Star Trek episode. Yeah. Temba, his arms wide. Darmok. G- give me more about Darmok. Darmok on the ocean. It's just a fantastic episode. Uh, I love it for, it's a great title. I love it for what it says about language because all language is metaphor. Ours even more so than the, than the Tamarians because there's this huge gulf between the words and the meaning. And to explore that is just fascinating. Love it. All right, Josh, what's your number one pick? My number one pick 
five words. I cried when they danced. Hashtag mud cause and effect. My number one pick is magic to make the sanest man go mad. Wow. Star Trek Discovery. (laughs) Wow. Huge. I would say this is my favorite episode of season one of Discovery. It, um, I really relate to the Burnham storyline with Stamets and what they, you know, that, that scene in the corridor could literally be a one act play. It's so good. Oh my God. You know, Mud's performance is great. He has a lot of fun. He kind of has become the cue in a sense of discovery and being a constant meddling force to the, the crew. And I, I just think it's a fun episode that really allowed the cast to finally, it's also the moment where the, the cast within the show is coming together and working truly as a crew. And I, I feel that on every level of the production. And um, I think it's a great episode and it, and it is uh, just such a great title. Uh, it's poetic. It, it works back into um, various themes through the episode. Such a great pick. Yeah. I hadn't really considered it. Maybe because I have such a, I have so much trouble remembering it and getting it out because <laughs> it's such yeah. a tongue twister. Uh, but uh, it's such a great title and such a fantastic episode. I love what you said about that scene in the corridor. Literally one act play. It just resonates yeah, so I, hard, especially. If you haven't seen it the second time, go back and watch it again, people, because that that scene is so well done. It's, yeah, it's, it's all really well done. And just to, to go back and, and look at it multiple times and, oh, and just I think that the way that the time loops work out really is great. And, you know, just to see the coming together of uh, Tyler and Burnham and you just know that this that storyline is going to end in tears, and, but it's early going at that time. And That scene is magic to make me go crazy for Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Teresa, Adam, what do you guys think of this thing? Well, no, I, I was just going to say that, that, yeah, I love that title and I love that episode. And I think this is the episode of Discovery where, and I liked it from the beginning, but this was the the episode where I was like, yes, I am sold. I am here for this. Done. I love that. I was sold way before that, but this episode was like, it's when I went, see, you can tell standalone stories. Boom. There it is. Move on. Uh, Adam, what, what's your take? Uh, this was on my secondary systems too. And while researching it for my secondary systems, I found out that it's actually a line from the Iliad. Oh. Mm. So the magic to make the sanest man go mad in the Iliad is actually referring to love. Which makes sense. Makes sense. Which kind of puts a new spin on the episode because Burnham really does go to some pretty extreme lengths here, uh, killing herself in a very painful way at one point because she is in love with Tyler and she is... Uh, attempting to finally express that for the first time in her life. So it's not a Shakespeare title, Josh, but if you're not going to do Shakespeare, you can do Homer. I think that counts. Go big or go home, I always (laughs) say. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic one to finish on, Josh. Adam, how about you? What's your number one pick? Okay, well, my number one pick, uh, five words are man's not meant to meddle, hashtag espers. It is Star Trek TOS Season 1, Episode 1, Where No Man Has Gone Before. Okay, I love it. And let me just say, I am shocked to get to this point and not have someone have picked it. It's interesting. It was on, it was on my secondary system because it is such, it's such a part of Trek's uh, fabric. So the, the interesting thing about it is you think of it as part of the speech for uh, you know, Space the Final Frontier, but this was actually created by Samuel Peoples as the title of this episode. The episode didn't have the speech in it. And it was more than a year later that when they were frantically trying to cobble something together for the opening credits, they rated this episode title and they attached it to To Boldly Go and uh, history was made. 
Poetically, I think this title is great. Uh, it has seven syllables and it has stress on every single one of them except for the B and before. So it just sounds like it is uh, out there living large where no man has gone before. That's really cool. It does. Yeah, that's fascinating. Political correctness aside, (laughs) I feel like poetically man works a little better than one because man has got the assonance with has, and then it has a slant prime with gone. So you go, man has gone. And I think that just kind of is what helps sell it. I never thought about it that in depth, but that's, wow, that's really interesting about the syllables. It really is cool. And, you know, that's basically where it all started. So that's mm-hmm. cool. We have that one and we had uh, These Are the Voids is big. I love Bookends. it. Mm-hmm. Teresa, any any thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I that uh, was one that I had considered as well, but I decided to go Enterprise just because I thought Enterprise had more, like, and I I didn't know that about the um, about this title, Adam, that's... Uh, that it wasn't originally part of the speech, which is really cool to learn. Yeah. So now, now that title is even cooler to me. Like I didn't have that information. So I was like, maybe if I did, if I'd done my research ahead of time, um, I just wing it. That's, that's how I do. Awesome. Yeah. I think it's a great title and, and it's fascinating to uh, sort of realize the production influence and that kind of thing. All right. Well then let's finish off with my number one pick five words and a hashtag. Iconic and mysterious and unforgettable hashtag 11 words for the world is hollow and I have touched the sky. TOS season three, episode 10. So we have a triplicate. We have a triplicate on board and we've already kind of talked this one through. So not that on a, on a low note, but I love this title. Like we talked about the, the iconic look of this episode and everything. But for me, this name, this title is just so big. It's so much scope with this title. It just makes you think about the biggest, most imaginable things you can. And when the old man reveals that he's climbed the mountain and touched the sky, it's like, whoa, I mean, Eight-year-old yeah. Jimmy was <laughs> mind-blown watching this in the 70s, and it just stuck with me forever. It's a, It's been a title that's fascinated me my whole life. I absolutely love it, and when I started this list, it was probably the first one I wrote down and for sure ended up at, at number one. So any any last thoughts on For the World is Hollow and I Have Touched the Sky? Maybe it does a little bit what The City on the Edge of Forever does, too, is it... it vividly shows us something that the episode can't afford to show us. Yeah. I, I really do keep going back to the moment where the old man comes in. Cause it's just, yeah, it's just such an iconic and poetic uh, moment that, uh, and the, in terms of the episode, they don't even know what he's talking about. Uh, so it's, it's a great slow reveal of like, that's not just a metaphor. It's a literal truth for him. And yeah, I just think that it's just such a great title uh, to a great episode. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, let's uh, run through some secondary system picks here. We've been going for a while, but let's rattle them off really quick. Teresa, do you have any uh, you want to highlight? I do. Um, Let's see. Get them over here. Some of you picked some of mine, so I won't go into those. But um, who watches the Watchers? Oh, that's on my list. That's a great one. Yep. Uh, I'll just do rapid fire. Um, Yep. Armageddon. Cupid. That was the one Q title I did pick. (laughs) Yep. Not Q Who. Q Who is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, if wishes were horses. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. 
Bar Association, Babel One from Enterprise, In a Mirror Darkly from Enterprise, and going back to Deep Space Nine, It's Only a Paper Moon, because I thought that episode was like really, ugh, just, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I, lo- I love this. Let's uh, let's keep rattling them off. Yeah, that's uh, um. Let's see. I I made a list up of just one word titles um to kind of honor and recognize uh, those. Uh, so I'll just give them all real quick. Uh, number five, Data Lore. Number four, Tubix. Number three, Dataless from Enterprise. Number two, Darmok. And number one, Cupid. Dataless yeah. is a cool one because that's actually a cool title. Not a yeah, episode, it, it harkens back to um, Greek mythology. Yep. Um, I, I also was really struck by the title Data Lore. I would definitely say that um, Lore can be a kind of problematic character. It's yeah. not a great name for anything, really, but I'm sure that when they came up with the title Data Lore, it's and cool. then you're like, because it's a story, it's the first story where we really learn about Data, his yeah. lore, his tales. Um, and then when the, I'm sure there must be a moment in the writer's room where they're like, and then his name can be Lore, and everyone <laughs> finds themselves because it's both the androids. It's about data. It's a great title, I think. That, well, uh, what's the opposite? What's like, the opposite of data? Lore. Exactly. Doctor Sung's uh, pension yeah, yeah. for whimsical names yeah. never ceases. I don't know why I'm just thinking of the movie Face Off, but it's like, hey, take your face off. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then just, Darn, we, yeah. Have data more. Uh, yeah. All right, Adam, how about you? Uh, well, I I really considered breaking up my all TOS list with Big Goodbye, just because I love the way they that they spliced together the big sleep and the long goodbye and came up with something that sounds really just as plausible as either one of those. It's so yeah. great. I, I that's on my secondary systems too. And yeah. uh, and then other than that, I just I had all of the the Shakespeare titles on my on my list, great. and they are uh, Dagger of the Mind, Conscience of the King, All Our Yesterdays by any other name, How Sharper Than a Serpent's Tooth from TAS, Thine Own Self, Past Prologue from DS Nine, What's Past Is Prologue from from Discovery, Once More Under the Breach. Strange Bedfellows, The Dogs of War, and Mortal Coil from Voyager. And Enterprise is the only one I didn't have on. All right. I didn't know that. But uh, all right. I got this. Nice. This episode is chock full. All right. I'm going to rattle off just a few more. I had All Our Yesterdays and Tomorrow's Yesterday. I love both those. Charlie X, The Savage Curtain, The Gangsters of Triskelion. I love all those. Piece of the Action, Balance of Terror from TNG. I had the big goodbye, the most toys, who watches the watchers, which we mentioned before, and also one one zero zero one zero zero one because that's just cool. <laughs> Voyager, I actually love the title Gravity because that really says a lot about what's happening in that episode. Day of Honor, worst case scenario, and one small step, also similar to where no one has gone before, and or no, sorry, where no man has gone before, and these are the voyages from Enterprise, Strange New World, and Azadi Prime. Duet from Deep Space Nine and my toughest cut, believe it or not, I also had Treachery Faith mm. uh, and The Haunting of Deck 12. My toughest cut was The Vulcan Hello. Oh. I love yes. this title because of the. Uh, that was I remember when it came out and yeah. just thinking, what does that mean? What does that mean? And then when that reveal of what The Vulcan Hello meant, I love that moment in, yeah. in Discovery. I think it was really well done. Yeah, that, that's a great moment. And that is why that is such a great title because, yeah, you hear it ahead of time and. Uh, Sam Star Trek I get, you know, but yeah. then once you've seen the episode, you're like, oh, that's I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, super cool. I just I just hope that they bookend the last episode of Discovery with the Vulcan goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be yeah. good. 
Oh, I forgot about my Frankie list too, which was Who Mourns for More, The Magnificent Frankie, and The House of Quark. Okay, we're, I love this topic. We can keep going forever. Let's jump into our regeneration cycle and review our picks. Computer, activate regeneration cycle. Alcoves beta and gamma. All right, let's do a quick recap of our picks. Teresa, run down your top five. All right, my top five. Number five was Message in a Bottle from Voyager. Number four was Who Mourns for Morn, Deep Space Nine. Three was These Are the Voyages from Enterprise. Two was uh, Looking for Parmach in All the Wrong Places from uh, TN- uh, from Deep Space Nine. I keep saying TN- you did it again. <laughs> Damn it, Worf, why do you have to be on two shows? Um, and number one was Darmok from TNG. Uh, I love it. So you had two from Deep Space Nine. You spread it around here really well with one from Voyager, Enterprise, and TNG. That was also part of my, my prime directive, although I didn't. That's great. We we love that. Josh, how about you? All right. My top five were number five, Who Mourns for Adonai, TOS. Number four, Treachery, Faith, and the Great River from Deep Space Nine. Number three, The Soup Round, Who Mourns for Mourn, Deep Space Nine. Number two, For the World is Hollow and I Have Touched the Sky, TOS. And number one was Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad from Star Trek Discovery. Uh, Such a great, great pick and list. So you had one each from, I don't know, you you had one from Discovery, two from TOS, and two from Deep Space Nine. Yes. Awesome. So here comes Adam's all TOS list. Adam, hit it. Yes. On my all TOS list, I have The Devil in the Dark from TOS, (laughs) Uh, The Trouble with Tribbles from TOS. Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country from the TOS movies. Uh, For the World is Hollow and I Have Touched the Sky from TOS. And uh, Where No Man Has Gone Before from TOS. TOS. From from what show? From from, Wait, from what show? (laughs) TOS. So good. All right, my list, quick rundown. Number five was All Good Things from TNG. Number four, from Discovery, Context is for Kings. Number three, the soup round from Enterprise, the Andorian incident. Number two, the city on the edge of forever. And also from TOS, my number one for the world is hollow and I have touched the sky. And I'm fired up that we got to say that three times in its entirety. You never cut that title short. You never abbreviate it. So here's some quick stats. We had had one uh, triple pick. That's uh, a rarity. And we had one other double, which was Who Mourns for More, which is fantastic. <laughs> As I said before, we had, so there was, there was three Mourn picks with also Who Mourns for Adonai. We also had two ellipses picks. These are the voyages and all good things, both in, in ellipses. By my count, nine, no, sorry, eight of our 20 picks the title was spoken in the episode. That might not be exactly accurate, but I'm pretty sure I got that right. And the overall breakdown spread it out really well. So the Kelvin timeline is the only incarnation not represented. One from Voyager, two from TNG, Enterprise, and Discovery. We had four from Deep Space Nine and nine from the original series, which makes a lot of sense because... They went big and broad. And you can see Discovery was trying to emulate that as well. So them getting two picks right out of the gate. 
is pretty impressive. Okay, that's the. I, I'd like I'd like to add a, a Calvin one to my secondary systems just so they get some love. Star Trek. That title is <laughs> best title ever. That's a good point. Actually, point. it's kind of it's 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 kind of there. I had a wild card list where actually Star Trek Into Darkness is present because because uh, there's no colon. There's no colon. It becomes a full sentence and actually using Trek as a verb. I like it. Um, it's a good title. Yeah, it tells you what the movie was going to be for for better or worse. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, I, I love it. Good All right, we got a little Kelvin, <laughs> Kelvin love in here. That's fantastic. All right. As we do every week, we've entered a temporal causality loop. So before we can depart, it's time to hear from you. The Enterprise has been caught up in a temporal causality loop, and I suspect that something similar may have happened to you. This week, we're jumping back to episode 39 in our top five political episodes, which was an intense topic here on Trek Ranks. I don't think, not our typical episode, but still, I think, super fun. So for this week's Temporal Causality Loop, I'm going to rattle off just a few of my favorite deep cut picks from our listeners. First up, Andorian Soup on Twitter was the only person to pick Balance of Terror. So I love that pick because that's definitely a political one, at at least at press time. There's still picks coming in. I can't believe how many (laughs) picks are coming in on this. I thought this would be one of the episodes where we didn't get as many submissions, but we we continue to get them, so we appreciate that. Chris at Shelf Nerds, he chose First Contact, uh, the episode, and had a great five-word summary and a hashtag, we are Malcorians, hashtag, not ready. And that always breaks my heart because I love that episode, but it's I hate that the that the bad guys win in that episode and they deny the Malcorians knowledge. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> All right, uh, Static Warp Bubble and... At Trek Fan four three eight seven of Bill Mann, who's been a host here on the show, they both chose Demons and Terra Prime, which I think is a, is a great pick. Uh, Might have got a few more of those as well. Also, a great pick was Alex Perry, who sent in a list of all Maquis episodes, which is a great theme for his Prime Directive. So he had on his list the Defiant, Journey's End, For the Uniform, Preemptive Strike. And of course, his number one pick was the Maquis part one and part two. So that was that was pretty brilliant. And of course, Alex, I always thought he was a little bit of a rebel. <laughs> he, he is. Of course, Alex is a frequent guest host here on Trek Ranks. and can be reached at Alexander T. Perry. Another frequent guest host here, Carlos Miranda picked Sins of the Father, which is a fantastic pick I didn't think of. Yeah, we had a lot of redemption, a lot of war from Klingon picks, but that was pretty much the only one there. He's at Double Mac on Twitter. And one final pick that came in right before we were about to record from at Trek Fan Rick, another former host. We love that. He had a couple of awesome picks. First, he was the only person to pick the wounded, which is a genius pick, of course. It's so political. And he also chose Leafy from Discovery, which I hadn't really considered as a political episode. But of course, it totally is. And his five words and a hashtag summarizes it perfectly. Politics of war, family, and command, hashtag, and Vulcan dissidents. Really, really brilliant. I love that pick. And one final one from Rick. He also had Voyager's Alliance, which was a very popular pick and was featured in the episode. And I bring it up because his hashtag deserves a mention. Hashtag Kazon sect appeal. (laughs) Really, really funny. That's good. All right. Awesome picks. And as always, that's more than enough to... 
get us out of this week's temporal causality loop. So thanks again to everyone for all the feedback. Keep those lists coming to me at Trek Ranks. We can retweet them here, but we also want to hear from you. So please put your list together of top five coolest episode titles. What could be more fun than that? Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you directly. Call us at the Tricorder Transmissions at 609-512-5527. That's 609-512-LLAP. So hopefully we'll hear from you so you can be featured on the next episode of Trek Ranks. And on the next episode of Trek Ranks, we're hopefully going to get this one in. We're going to try and record this with some of our friends over in England at Destination Star Trek Birmingham, where I will be in in the middle of October. And that topic is top five DS9 guilty pleasure episodes. What? Yeah. So I love this. Now I know Adam, you don't you don't like this topic because you don't think anything's a guilty pleasure. If you love it, you well, love yeah. It. I I am I'm shame. I'm without shame. We regret yeah. nothing, and of course we all feel that way. But we're going to ask you anyway. <laughs> so Teresa, anything jumping out at you as a top? DS9 guilty pleasure episode? Oh my gosh. I mean, anything with Vic Fontaine. Oh yeah. Oh, I love it. Um cuz I mean, I, you know, and I I I've heard people, you know, kind of harsh on that and I'm like, but it's the best. Anytime you get anybody singing, anybody like it's just the that's what jumped out at me immediately. I, I love that pick cuz what I always say about Vic Fontaine is you're at the end of season 6. You have all these complex storylines going on, war and death and these real dark storylines. You're going to add a holographic crooner from the from Vegas. I mean, I remember thinking that's impossible. This is not going to work. It should not work. It totally 100% works. It's the best. Yeah. Gosh, how about you? I'm going with Move Along Home. Oh, the of course. Marine, that will be a very, uh, you know, it really is a de- definitive, like, guilty pleasure type episode. It's a little goofy. It's early in the series. You got a lot of aliens with, like, dreadlocks and just, like, weird. No, 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 yeah, it's not the DS9 we eventually will know to come and love, but there's a lot of fun moments in it. Only children start at the first chap. Yeah. Uh, Adam, uh, you're, I know you love the Wadi, but what's your, uh, what's your, what's your pick? <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I do love the Wadi, but I love, I love the intendant. So I'm going to have to go with crossover. Ooh, that's, that's a good, that's a good, good one. pleasure for sure. Cause some people will say they don't love the mirror, uh, the mirror stuff, but I don't, I don't, I don't love the DS9 mirror, like mirror universe, but, uh, the, Oh, but come on, Mirakira! Come on, yeah, those early ones—that's that, that, what I'm talking about. The intended Mirakira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it it, it definitely kind of was on a downward yeah. slope there, but yeah, crossover is awesome. It's, <laughs> that's a that's a great, uh, great yeah, that's pick. a great one. And I just recall when we when it first aired, just being mind blown when just all of a sudden in the middle of an episode, you suddenly realize, oh my god, we we came back to the mirror universe after so many years. It's, it's just cool. it was a great reveal and just a callback to it was a it was one of those moments where like DS9 truly became the inheritor of the it was cool of the Alpha Quadrant Star Trek uh lore. Especially yeah. when Kira rep- when intended Kira references Kirk. Yeah, I know it's like oh, so cool. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> I love that Major Kira does not know who Kirk is. She's just like, who? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Of course. Why was she? Yeah. A, but you're in Freedom Fighters. Not a terrorist. All right. So before we wrap it up here, just a huge thanks to our guests tonight, Teresa Jacino, Josh Zeller, and Adam Bruno. Any final thoughts for you guys? Hope you guys had fun. 
Yeah, no, definitely. This is this is great. I'm just sad that one, I can't go to London with you, and two, that I'm missing out on the Deep Space Nine Guilty Pleasures episode because yeah. This well, s- send us your list. That's that one's gonna be. Oh, I will. That one's gonna be fun. Thanks for having me on. It's been a great, it's been great fun, and it's always fun to talk Trek uh, with everybody. And we got to do it in person. Yeah, this was a great discussion, guys. I I really enjoyed this. Thank, yeah. Thanks for yeah. uh, you guys putting so much effort into it because I knew I knew this would be a fun to- topic, but also we'd be able to layer in some real uh, some real Trek backstory. Yeah. Uh, titles titles are cool. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thanks again for engaging with us here on episode 41 of the Trek Ranks podcast. As always, I want to close by saying I'm looking forward to standing with you again here in this place where I belong. Many years ago, I climbed the mountains, even though it is forbidden. Why is it forbidden? I'm not sure. But things are not as they teach us. For the world is hollow, and I have touched the sky. What is it? Something under the skin. Hi there, thanks again for listening. If you're cruising the galaxy looking for even more Trek talk, why not visit our good friends Bill and Dan over at TrekGeeks.com? They've got a great podcast that covers a wide range of Star Trek topics, so you're sure to find something you'll love. And if you're in the mood for some awesome tunes, then you really need to head over to 5 The guys are writing a song for every episode of the original series, and each one is absolutely brilliant. So that's TrekGeeks.com and 5 Check them out today. Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. <laughs>